Welcome to my podcast, Two Whiskies and a Cigar. I'm your host, Frankie Sabini. This podcast's sole purpose is to bring you knowledge, motivation and help within your chosen industry or sport. I'll be sitting down each week to talk to people who have either achieved a high level of success in business or sport and individuals who have amazing skills and experiences that the world needs to hear. My aim is to help as many people as I can by gaining insights from industry leaders and athletes. So please, pour yourself a whiskey, light a cigar, sit back and enjoy. Today we have Ross Leroyd. Ross is an entrepreneur with businesses, businesses in multiple industries including hospitality, entertainment, fashion and alcohol to name a few. Ross has worked hard to come through hard times to create a life and business for himself to be financially free. Ross, welcome to the show. Thanks Frank, good to see you mate, you good too, to mate. see you. Thanks for coming on. Man, I love the idea of uh, this podcast and this is the first podcast I've done, so I've always wanted to do one, so really? yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah, oh, I appreciate yeah, it, mate. Yeah. When I was putting the list together of, of who I could ask, mm. uh, to be honest, I've got like 40 odd people in my network who would oh, be right. good on it, okay. but I had, I want to release, I want to do eight to start with, so four are going to be like yeah. uh, in bulk, and then the other four are going to be weekly to give, and then after that I'll film as and when. Okay, but yeah. I always wanted you to be part of the original oh, four nice. or the Thank first you. four to come through. Appreciate it, man. Like, from obviously knowing you a few years now, what you've achieved, like when you've achieved it and, and how you've come through things as well, it's such an incredible story. And then for me, for like the first four podcasts that I, I want to film, hmm. I, wanted, I wanted people who could really sort of hit home on the. the how hard it is to carve your own path in life. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so if, if you want to just sort of like start from the beginning and, and tell us. Yeah, of course, of course. Like, you don't decide, I don't think you decide to be an entrepreneur, you know? No. It's not on your careers list at school. You mm. either are or you're not. Yeah. I think most people who are entrepreneurs, if you look at their background, they kind of failed at school yeah. or were told they couldn't do anything. So from an early age, you're told you can't do it. And that makes you want to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, back in those days, it was kind of opening up what you would call old fashioned businesses, you know, bars, restaurants, pubs, florists, whatever. You know, there wasn't such thing as being an influencer mm. or playing games online and people watching you and you cashing in. It was more sort of bricks and mortar. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was the life I chose from an early age. I thought I'm always just gonna work for myself. But with that, yeah, it definitely comes ups and downs. You know, you have, when you have the wins, you have the wins. And then the losses, you know, are equally as hard. Mm. But yeah, what I was told was, you know, it's not that hard making money, or well, it, it is, but it's not that difficult, it's hard holding on to it. Mm. And I never really believed that until I made money. And then I learned how hard it is to hold on to it. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, you've got an influx of, of money and you start spending it. Living a good life. You need to start living the good life. Yeah. And you're not putting your focus back in, into work, you know? So I, I was, at, and I think timing, like, timing matters a lot. Yeah. I was very lucky that when I I decided to set up um, I decided to set up a, a conference and events venue, and I had a plot of land that was not being used, mm. and it was at the time when it was free money from the banks with the ninja loans, so mm. it was no income job application, and you could just go to a bank, and if your accountant said you made X amount, yeah. you made X amount. Good old days. Good old days. <laughs> so I wasn't making anything, and I said I was making 100 grand, and my brother said the same, and they lent us some money, they lent us, I think, 80K, mm. and I spent the first two years working as a bricklayer's assistant and a carpenter's assistant, paid myself 50 quid a week, and lived in a shed on the land, built this venue. I didn't have planning for it at all, and 
uh, planning for a garage, big garage and workshop, and built this supposed garage and workshop uh, with 80 grand, and then it was worth 850 grand. So I opened up the uh, conference center, sent out 30 brochures, and I thought, fuck, I've sent out a lot of brochures, man. I'm gonna get a ton of business, <laughs> being completely naive. Yeah. This was before you could even like do email mail outs. These were like physical brochures. Yeah. So I sent them out, and a big blue chip company came along. Um, that, I don't know if I mentioned them or not, but um, a waitress, John Lewis, and they came along, had a meeting, loved it, loved the venue, the service, and I said, can I have some feedback? And they went, yeah, actually, we'd like to speak to you. And I thought, oh, shit, fuck this one up. And they said, we like your venue so much, we'd like to book you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for the next year. And at the time, I thought, yeah, kind of expected it. So yeah. I went back to the office and went to my brother, said, he went, how'd it go? And I went, yeah, good and bad. I mean, I've booked it for the whole year, but... I haven't booked Mondays and Fridays and they're the tough days. <laughs> and that was it. I just took it, you know, yeah. for granted. Because things were a lot, you know, a lot easier. Yeah. And then obviously the 80k turned to 850 and with the 850, I started buying houses. Mm. So at the age of 24, I think like I was, my mortgage, I had to lie about how much money I was making because they wouldn't believe it. I was doing a rumour time. And... <laughs> I had to lie about that and then they gave me one and a half million for deposits and I was only 24, 25 Jeez. and then that was just before the crash in 2008 yeah. and I spotted the crash coming because mm. I was looking at places every week, auctions, refurbs, everything, you know, I had uh, estate agents in my pockets, kind of how it worked. Mm. If it went onto the website, the estate agent's website, it was too late. Yeah. Yeah, it had already been offered around. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything for a year, and I thought, something fishy is happening. Mm. So, decided not to buy any more houses, luckily, and then there was the crash yeah. in 2008. So, I decided to then expand my, um, my hospitality business. Mm. So, I had a stables old stables there on the plot and I turned that into a boutique hotel set that up and I wanted to make it really fancy and spent a lot of money making it fancy because people were spending that money mm. on rooms then the crash came and they put a cap on how much businessmen could spend on rooms per night which was 80 to 100 quid which made my business not financially viable yeah so then I worked for nine years without holiday just to try and keep the lights on. I had to make three grand a week just to break even on that. Yeah. And property prices dropped. Yeah. So I had no money in them to sell. You know, yeah. nothing was working for, for 10 years, I suppose. And it was, yeah, it, yeah, it was tricky times then, Frank. Yeah, I can imagine. So, you know, the only option then, and that I suppose is a sign of a, of a true entrepreneur is, mm. you either give up or you fight back. Mm. And my option was to just diversify the portfolio, mm. you know, come up with new businesses. So that's when I set up a fashion agency, got into film, you know, tech had moved on by 10 years then yeah. so I could set up online businesses and I would always partner with someone that had the knowledge so as, as opposed to giving them a salary I'd mm. say I'll give you 49% of the business mm. but in return you've got to build the website or you've got to you know do your part and yeah we set up some agencies and yeah got into all kinds of stuff fashion and yeah music and everything and yeah it was mm. tough for a while you know so obviously we, we met through doing film industry and everything like that so mm. how and why 
obviously what actually went diversified how did you get into the film industry because it's quite a hard industry to get into yeah well my plan was that there were a lot of family illnesses so from a young age mid-twenties I had to support not only the hotel mm. but I had to support uh, my mum and dad and my brother so I had quite a lot of responsibility so my plan was to sell all the land to a developer mm. and build on on the land just do a straight deal with them so I did a deal with them with a massive massive company Charles Church don't mind mentioning them and they strangled me they basically said it will be six months, mm. but sign a two-year option. Six months passes, it will be another six months. Mm. Now, if you have a small hotel, you make money from weddings. And mm. um, Morally, it wasn't right for me. I didn't think it was right for me. Morally, I couldn't sleep at night if I booked weddings in, right. knowing I might have to cancel on yeah. their big day. So the business was completely flopped for two years. The two years passed. Uh, I didn't take a I didn't take a salary. Was working at the hotel doing everything. Mm. So, chambermaid to <laughs> receptionist to everything, mm. and I had no income coming in. Um, so I got into film. I thought I need to do anything so I was working all day at the hotel mm. and then I was a doorman at night because what else can you do from <laughs> nine onwards so you used to have to drive to London became a doorman and you was in Ascot at this point yeah so I was in, living in Ascot mm. didn't know anything about London you can't work a good door at, you know if you yeah. haven't had lots of contacts and experience yeah so I was stuck in Camden and Hackney, working the doors for 30, 40 quid. Jeez, yeah. Hard doors and all to work. Really, like, they would look at me, yeah. and they would go, you don't look like a doorman. Yeah. And I get it all the time. Yeah. Like, I was big enough, but I'm blonde haired, blue eyed, yeah. don't have tattoos, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it was trouble, but it was, it was, it was fun at the same time. Mm. I eventually did that deal, not with them. They strangle held me. I told them basically to F off or worse. Uh, yeah, I told them to fuck off. Not doing the deal. I had nothing lined up. Mm. Nothing. Uh, and I managed to find a cash buyer within a month. Just out of the blue. Mm. And okay. that's what I found has always happened in work. Like when I've tried my hardest it's always paid me back so I was being a doorman and then I was working film as an extra mm. and I met uh, James Aileen yeah. who's your mate that's my how mate. we met he's going to be on the podcast soon <laughs> is he? yeah a couple of weeks and he always wanted a film company so when I got when I cashed in I set up a film company for him mm and wanted to get into film with him mainly because everyone said you can't make money in film you, you can't <laughs> well you can yeah. but it takes a long time like yeah. it can take up to 10 years for you know a project to pay off you know as you know we're working on stuff lots of stuff together um so yeah that's how that's how i got in, in into film but again along the way just so many so many weird stories because I set up I set up this agency for I was doing a lot of bodybuilding at the time so I set up this agency to put muscular people mm. in oh sorry mm. so to put um, muscular people yeah in movies yeah yeah because I thought there's a gap in the market I was ahead of the time no one was into six packs or anything then what, now what is they all are 2010, 12. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that, that really started becoming a big thing when Instagram took off. Probably yeah. what, 20, when it really took off, 2015? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. 14, something like that? Yeah. 
So yeah, I yeah I was on Twitter and everyone was on Twitter. Yeah. No, Insta wasn't even there. Yeah. And then when Instagram came, yeah, everyone got into it. Mm. But I'd missed that opportunity then. Yeah. But when I was doing it, kind of, um, I challenged myself, gave myself three months to see if I could get into cover model shape. Yeah. From average to whatever. Horrific diet, everything else. And I went and booked a photo shoot. Yep. Did the photo shoot. The guy said, what do you want? I said, if I can get three photos, great. Because I just want them for me. Yeah. This yeah. is just about me. That's all it's about. Nothing else. Mm. And he looked at them and he went, fucking hell, they're, they're actually really good. You should send them in. So send them into Men's Health. And I got a shoot the next week for yeah. Men's Health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this is how like the world is so weird. Yeah. And then I thought, do you know what? Like, I'd love to train Thor. So me being me, tracked down his agent yeah. in LA, sent him an email, said, Hi, I'm thirty five, like I think a picture speaks a thousand words. This is what I look like. I know uh, Chris Hemsworth's already got a trainer, but I know you're coming over to the UK to film. Yeah. If your trainer falls through, I'd love to do it. Never expected a response. Yeah. Got one, and it was like, "Thanks, Ross. Cheers. Yeah, like appreciate it. Blah 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 blah." Sort of fobbing me off, but in yeah. a nice way. Yeah. And I, and I was like, yeah. And I was happy with the response. Yeah, yeah. I was like, chuffed, over the moon. And then three, maybe a week later, 10 days, yeah, I get a call from a casting agent saying, come to Leavesden, or no, come to whatever film studios it was, for a casting. We can't tell you anything about it. So... I'm there and I'm, I go to the bathroom when I'm taking a piss and there's this guy to the right and he goes, what are you here for? And I said, um, I'm coming in for a casting but I don't even know what movie it is. Mm. And he goes, just look at the posters when you go out of the bathroom. I go, oh, what do you do? He goes, oh, I'm the DOP. And I thought that meant director of photography. Yeah. I thought he was doing behind the scenes yeah. shots. I didn't realise he was the main camera guy basically the director yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had no idea and I went cheers mate I hope you get some good shots yeah. <laughs> walk in ridiculous walk out go into the casting and I'm being casted to basically be the muscles for Captain America right and they go well you won't need the muscle suit yeah because yeah. they had a suit which made everyone look muscular yeah and they went, yeah, you're probably you're probably too big yeah. for that, yeah. Yeah, you're bigger than Pop, Chris Evans. Pop next, uh, 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 Chris Evans. What's his name? Yeah, Chris Evans. Yeah. So they were like, pop next door. So I popped next door, and it was Thor. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, Age of Ultron, I think. I can't remember which one it was. So obviously I'm a lot shorter, and they yeah. were like, well, that's not a problem. We can use lifts, yeah. And I got the job being the muscles for Chris Hemsworth in um, yeah the Marvel movie yeah which I which was so ironic seeing as I called his agent yeah 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 like ten days before to training do you think they and put then, you forward for that or was it just complete accident complete accident really yeah because otherwise they would have put me forward for for, 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 for yeah. Thor not for that but like. That's how the world has always worked. So mm. I, whenever I've lost everything or been pushed to a corner, because when you're an entrepreneur, you your journey is really is highs and lows. Mm. You have a lot, and you know the brands of this world will, will tell you the same thing. You have a lot, and then you lose it all. Yeah. And the sign is, you know, a sign of being an entrepreneur is whether you can make it back again. You know. The saying, you know, it's not how you get knocked down, it's how you get back up again. Yeah. And I've always found that when I'm just about to give up, something ridiculous happens. So, like that. 
Yeah, I've, I've always found exactly the same. It's, it's the world seems to. I mean, without getting spiritual, I believe I believe energy and mother nature and everything like that. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got brought up very religious, yeah. very Italian family. Went to a yeah. Catholic school, but now I believe more God is is more energy. Yeah. It's the energy of mother nature. If you like, so it's funny because when you when your energy is low but you've always got a high intense energy mm. but as soon as your energy dips it's like mother nature turning around going oh hold on a minute he's dipped a bit let's send him a little bit of sight to get him back up again yeah and, yeah, I went, yeah. and I feel like and I feel it's exactly the same is if you're negative energy mm. and your standard energy is down here mm. and also something happens what's good mother nature's like that's not right. They're, they're normally down there. Let's let's bump them back down again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I always feel like wherever your average energy is, yeah, is where you always end up again. Yeah. No yeah. matter where where it goes down or how high it goes, you'll end up being the level leveled out. Does that being, make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was again like I wasn't brought up religiously, but not I wasn't brought up, you know, as not to believe in God. Yeah. yeah? But I chose to use the term God as Mother Nature, as the universe, whatever, you know. I've got my own relationship with yeah. whatever this is, yeah? yeah, whether it's an energy or a person. And I've always found the same. Like, when I've been grateful and I've really tried hard, I've been rewarded. Mm. When I've been generous to people and helped them out I've been paid back yeah way more in return with with good luck yeah when when I've done well yeah and then you sort of you forget about God or whatever you want to call him for a while and you get a bit lazy everything starts I always said like money's an energy it just starts disappearing mm. until you're grateful again yeah and I've always found that people who think they're lucky, I've always thought I was lucky. Yeah. I don't know why. I've always been lucky. And I know people who are like, oh, I'm so unlucky, I never get this, their energy's down. It always is. They, yeah. never, they never get it. Yeah. The, you know, the positive people are positive, and I know they've, Everyone's read now, read The Secret, you know, and oh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah you, well, you're already there. But The Secret was like a, a bestseller, and it was exactly mm. that believe and you'll receive, yeah. you know. Um, it, it's been put in a ton of books, The Alchemist, all religions see mm. the same thing, and it basically, yeah, it's, it's just saying, you know, be positive vibrate at the positive frequency yeah. and you'll attract more of that positive frequency. So I I mean I never I never read them books. I I've come from positivity from a completely different place where people read these books and then become positive. But for me I my dad was ultra positive. Mm. Ultra, like uh, sorry, not even ultra positive but he, he was always like whatever happens, I can deal with it. Mm. No matter what happens, I can deal with it. Same, and, and obviously our old man's got a similar sort of background, mm. similar sort of areas brought up, sim, sim, very similar um, time. Yeah, like yeah, that. it's the same age. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Um, so he was always like that. My mum was very negative. Not even negative, but my mum was always a warrior, nervous, stressed mm. warrior. So when I got brought up, I was, I was a lot closer to my mum than my dad, and I right. was a warrior, nervous, Used to play, used to play ice hockey, very uh, a higher level. I was one of the best in the country for my age. Yeah, and my mentality to go into games was: if I let in ten goals, I'm expecting to let in ten goals. I was one, I was, I was one of, if not the best in the country at my age. Yeah, there, there's, enough. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's two two goalies who was on the same level as me. Mm. Uh, one of them I'm still very close to say, and the other one went over to America and, and done really well. There's three of us, right? Huh? So so there's. Out of all the teams, that all the already teams. says it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's my mentality. My dad used to get a raving up. Like, what are you doing? I like, sort yourself out. And then I met my missus. Mm. Always like a changing of like moment when you meet your missus. But I was like, I can't be negative anymore. I've got to be positive. I've got. 
I, 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 same as you, I yeah. failed at school, left school with absolutely nothing, mm. did anything in my life. I was like, well, I can't be negative because I'm right down here. So I've got to now try and be up here to try and change my life. And my positivity comes as soon as I've realised that I had to try and be positive or I had to try and achieve mm. something, things like that, man. And yeah. I, I, get, I get called jammy, my missus calls me jammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure my missus family think I'm jammy. Yeah. But I, they don't understand that what goes in behind the scenes. That's it. And that's the difference. Like, jammy, lucky, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a graph behind the scene yeah, that people yeah, don't understand yeah. or don't see. I think you need both, you know, as I said, like, and as I've explained, I've had a lot of luck, done a lot of stuff, you know, you can talk about the casting for this and that and then the deal going through, but then, you know, behind the scenes there's, you You're know, position, living right? in the, you know, living in the shed, you know, working so hard on my diet to get into that shade, mm. working the doors. So there's all that stuff behind. Yeah. And then everyone will be like, I oh, he's so lucky. But yeah. I generally, genuinely like believe I am lucky. It's, you know, like my my dad's my dad's the same as, as you. My dad mm. thinks he's he's lucky. Like he's yeah. had a lot of luck in his life. And and from an outside thing he could be. Yeah. But again, I, it's same as you. You've put yourself in certain situations, in certain positions. You've done so, like you've sacrificed things. And again, I, I think it's 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 mother nature giving back. Yeah, yeah. You've sacrificed, so you get you get given back. Yeah. I just think it's a nice way of of, of, of looking at it as well. You know, like mm. you can take it for granted. Yeah. Life humbles you. Yeah, and like massively, or you can say you're lucky. But if you, if you're positive, yeah, like amazing things can happen. And yeah, as you were saying with your dad and my dad, you know, my dad was yeah on the scene in sixties in London, and and back then you could do what you want. You know, he he was homeless. Yeah. He played the guitar for for food. Lived on the floor of his mate place in um, Earl's Court and then he'd be like yeah I want to open up a restaurant so he'd just walk past a place that was empty take it fill it with yeah. tables and chairs and nothing matched no. got a Russian chef called Nana in <laughs> she cooked the food and then he didn't let anyone in for the first two nights pretended it was full yeah, that created a queue and a journalist turned up and wrote a rave review about it and then it was booked out you know but back then it was just like just do what you want Ross yeah. do you know do what you want you was, you yeah. give you give me you give me advice a little while ago not even advice I don't even think you meant to give me advice but you give me like something what your dad said to you mm. what I say and I, I believe so much now you said buy a house one you can't afford. Yeah. And then go even higher than that. Yeah. Because you will end up with, like be able to get it. That's it. And and I even now like, I I started the business a few six months ago or something with, with a business partner that didn't work out. Walked away from that. Left like left a, a, a company what I was really doing really well at to start this business. And I was like, and then when I walked away from that because it weren't working, me and business partner had sort of different ideas with different generations. Walked away from that, and I was like, what am I, like, what am I going to do? I've still got to pay my mortgage, I've still got to do this. I was like, Ross said, buy an house you can't afford, and aim even higher, and you'll come to it. Yeah. And then from that, I've, I've, I mean, without talking about me too much because obviously, no, 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 no. Like from that, like I've started, I've started this, which. Yeah earning nothing at the moment I'm not even launched yet yeah, <laughs> I mean like hopefully like, but this is something that's like, a good outlet yeah. I'm, I'm back doing like maintenance of facilities what I'm, I know I'm good at yes, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm severely dyslexic mm. and without saying too much because I don't want to go into it on, on this but I've had a script commissioned what I've wrote <laughs> do, Amazing, do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, so yeah. Like, like all of a sudden like from being in a really shit dark place because mm. like I've, I've give up everything to start this business and then it failed. Mm. Not even, I'll be honest, it weren't even due to me, to be honest with you, but as, a, as an entrepreneur, it's always down to you. That's the way I look at it. Mm. But external factors never made it work. And now I feel like I'm in a 10 times better place. Oh, right. no. Ross's, Ross's cat has just come into 
being the podcast. What's her <laughs> name? His Cookie. Cookie. Boy or girl? Uh, girl. Yeah. Again, classic. You, you, you work the doors and then you go home to your cat little cookie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Do you want no, to right. take, no, no. take a break for a sec? Yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. all right? Yeah. We'll pull that out. Sorry, um, we got interrupted by the cat. So. No, that's all right, no worries. That's it. But yeah, no, I was going to say that, mm. that story, you know, just the advice I was given. And it sounds ridiculous to say it mm. until, until you try it. Yeah. It's kind of like add a zero or two zeros to what you want to make when you'll make it. Because yeah. your whole mindset changes yeah if you go right i want to make 100 grand a year yeah then you've got to have a business and a plan to make that mm. so how are you gonna how are you gonna make it or if you want to make a million a year how are you gonna make it right mm. so everything kind of changes there's um i can't even remember I can't even remember the book, but there's an there's an incredible book. I'll, I'll remember it at some point. But it explains that there's this woman and she's amazing at making cupcakes. Yeah, all of her friends love them. They're obsessed with these cupcakes, mm. and they're like, "You should open up a shop. Like, you'd be brilliant at it. Like, people would love them." So she opens up a shop, and they're right. Everyone loves these cupcakes, yeah? It's a true story. So there's a queue, like, constantly to get these cupcakes, yeah? Yeah. She's in early in the morning, like, before the crack of dawn, baking, yeah? She closes the shop when five, six o'clock. Then she has to do a stock take. Then she has to get, do all the reorders and everything else. By the time she gets home, 9, 10 p.m., you know, quite late. Back in in the morning, packed out, sells all the cupcakes, you know, and she's loving it. About a year later, yeah, she realizes she can't make any more money, mm. yeah. She's working every hour of the day and she can't make any more money than that, you know, like she can't do any more hours, so therefore, all of a sudden she gets frustrated so she starts seeing her customers as a hindrance yeah. you know like she's sort of she's, she's pissed off so she's finding them a hindrance and she loses the customer service because she knows yeah. for the rest of her life she can only make this and this happens in a lot of businesses mm. and then your customer and you've probably experienced it at your local pub you know, your local shops where they start off great and then the customer service gets worse and worse and worse and worse over a period of time. Mm. And that's because you, you hit a ceiling. You can't go on holiday or if you can, you lose money when you go on holiday, etc., etc. So the only way you can do that is that's and, and that that's the that's kind of one of the lessons of the book yeah is how are you going to do it how are you going to make more money if you want to make that million yeah or that 10 million how are you going to do it well you're not going to do it by opening up a pub a restaurant or a bar yeah mm -hmm. but you are going to work 60 70 hours a week and you are going to reach a ceiling and you aren't going to take many holidays. Mm. So how are you going to do it? So it changes your thinking. So you've got to create a franchise model. You've got to open multiples of the same thing. Mm. You know, where, or it doesn't need to be a franchise. You can just open them yourself, but you've got to have like a standard operating procedure manual, something everyone can follow. Yeah. McDonald's, you know, every cheeseburger you have in the world or Big Mac, tastes the same it's done exactly the same way and then all of a sudden you can't start multiplying your mm. profits without doing any work and the biggest thing I found with the majority of people that are trying to be entrepreneurs or 
I've met a ton of people who've done well in Ball Street, done really well in their jobs, yeah, have then said, right, I'm going to set up my own business, set it up and it's failed. And it's always failed for that reason. And the reason is they, they won't let go of control. Mm. No one will be as good as you at what you do. They won't, because yeah. it's not their business. They won't be as good but you have to let go of that. You have to accept, yeah, it's gonna be 70%. Yeah. If you put in 100, they're gonna put in 70, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You've got to be really good at delegation, let go of it, accept that they're not gonna be as good as you. If you can find a way of incentivizing them, which is what I do, I give people ownership of my businesses. Mm. So I give them, if people don't have skin in the game, why are they gonna work? Yeah. yeah, every employee at Waitrose is a partner. Really? So they all get a percentage of the yearly profits. Every single one. Mm. Yeah. If you've got skin in it, if you've got skin in the game, they're going to work much much harder mm. rather than you turning up and you taking the money and you buggering off. Yeah. Right? Because of the jealousy factor. Yeah. But people yeah. can't let go of control. And that's what you have to be brilliant at. And I think, you know, I was, I was shit at school. I'm dyslexic. Yeah. And I think people yeah, that have all, people that have been told yeah, they're never going to succeed or they're not going to be great. Yeah. Kind of all right with 60, 70%. You know, mm. they don't mind. Yeah. People have always, you know, A grade, top of everything. They can't let go. Mm. They can't accept, yeah, because people yeah. aren't going to be as good as, as them. Yeah, you know, I yeah. got, I got friends who've, one of my mates floated his first company on the stock market at twenty four. Yeah, started off with sandwich vans. He's flipped a couple companies now, every time for over a hundred million within eighteen months. Yeah, he's done mm. it twice. And I said, what's the secret? And he said, delegation. Like, being good at delegating is the secret. Yeah. Bring on the best team you can, delegate, the, delegate mm. and put together a, like, a good board of people. Yeah. And that, for most people, is impossible because they just, they're obsessed with I, holding on. I, yeah, I, I, I see it a lot, and one like my one of my previous business partners was was exactly the same. It was he was the money, I was the guy on the ground getting it done, but he couldn't let go. But yeah. it was it was, oh, it's your business. You do what you want. I won't do that. Problem is, he was sixty odd years of age. He made his money when he was thirty. Yeah, a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Multi 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 millionaire. Yeah, like, yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. 30 years on it's not the same way you make money no 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 like you could be and, and I, I liken this quite like this um, saying quite a lot now because of obviously what, what happened before but Mike Tyson baddest man on the planet mm. him uh, 30 or, or or in his prime 24 whatever in his prime would actually obliterate most people yeah but Tyson Fury now mm. is the one who, who is the man. Yeah. So Mike Tyson, uh, however old he is, yeah. won't be able to fight Tyson Fury at his age yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. in his prime. Yeah. So just because you've done something a long time ago yeah. doesn't mean you're still in your prime, doesn't mean you can still do it. No. And for some reason in business, it's like, well, I've done something 20, 30, 40 years ago, so I'm still the man. But you're not. Yeah. So I have to move on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you're, think, you're you're stuck with it, you know. Yeah. You get stuck in that that rut, yeah. And you think you know how to do it. And, and I think a lot of people nowadays who have made a lot of money back then think, well, I made money back then, so I can make money now the same yeah. way. But you can't. You you have to diversify, and you have to delegate to people who are of the era, of yeah. the age, who know. Instagram is a great tool. You know, social media is is the the best tool to grow in anything yeah, yeah, nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're not brought up in that, and you've never done used that when you was like making money, you don't understand that now, yeah. and you don't delegate that now. 
then all of a sudden you, you miss out on the market. That, yeah, that's something I realised. And because I don't mind, uh, you know, um, delegating or finding talent, I'm 45 now, and although I'm, I think I'm Peter Pan, I don't want to grow up, <laughs> I know that I don't understand half this stuff. So I don't understand TikTok or, you know, I get Instagram, I, but I don't know like the mm. the kids. You yeah. know, the kids are making a, a fortune today. I'm for, so, I'm for, I understand it. It's, it's even the younger generation for me. Yeah, even the younger generation are building houses online and selling them for more than I've done in real life. Yeah, and they're not even real. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't get it. But so I've started employing people and mm. to do that, and I want to set up an academy. You know, because there's a place for old school business and new school combined. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, you right. know, um, old school values. Yeah, and new school way of thinking. Exactly that. Like going back to you know the boxing analogy. Love him or I hate him, Jake Paul. You know, like I box. I know you box. Like. I don't know if he's a good boxer or, or, or if he's not, yeah? But he's got a he's got a heavy right hook, yeah? But it's wide. It should be easy to defend against. He hasn't fought a boxer yet, but what he's done for the sport, he's flipped it on its head. Yeah. He called McGregor out, you know, and he made more money than McGregor. Last year... And he'd only had three fights. He made forty-two and a half million. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, I want everyone's pay to increase. Yeah. And he's increasing, you know, pay, and he's doing good things. And my so so my problem with Jake Paul. Yeah. And and I've I've boxed since I was three. My dad was a professional. My yeah. brothers have been yeah. professional. I know I know boxing. Mm. My thing, with Jake Paul, is not my issue. With Jake Paul. My issue is what Jake Paul then brings after him. So it's the other influencers who think they can then follow in his footsteps. Mm. Jake Paul's not a bad boxer. Mm. Like he's, he's a good yeah, boxer. Yeah, that's what I think. He would, I think... What, what is Jake Paul? Cruiserweight? Yeah, he's at 83. Yeah, cru- Cruiserweight. Cruiser, yeah. He'll probably win a British title. Like when, you, when you look at it like that, people box since amateur fighting for British title. He'll probably win a British title. Like... It, Obviously, he's American, mm. but he, he he's good enough to win a British title. Mm. He's a good boxer, mm. not perfect, but no one is at a British no, title no, level. No, 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 heavy handed. Yeah, he's a, like a tireless in all yeah. ways. He yeah. he's he's got a lot of flaws, a lot of openings. Anderson Silva is nearly fifty, but Anderson Silva is still a good striker. Not the yeah. best striker in the world, like they're, they're saying he's beat the best striker or, or whatever. He's a good boxer. Mm. My problem is not with J- what Jake Paul's doing himself. It's what he's doing for the sport as in bringing these other influencers mm. who think they can be the next Jake Paul. Mm. Have you seen these influencers fight? Yeah, no, I have. I, I half agree. Like Most of them shouldn't be in the sport. They're terrible, right? And then their KSI, KSI's brother, all of this, you know. K- it's KSI. all money-making. That's why I don't think it's too bad. It was terrible, and now he's, he's, he's trained got a, a bit better. Kazai's brothers won one fight, and he's yeah. and now he's fighting Mayweather. This is ridiculous. Not the one of the greatest fighters who ever live in our sport. Mm. Like whether you like Mayweather or not, yeah, he is one of the best. The whole point no, of boxing like is, is to hit and not be hit. I like Mayweather. One of the best to do that ever. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Mayweather I mean Mayweather life is just a game to Mayweather yeah. Mayweather knows he can make like X amount of money fighting absolutely nobody so he just fights nobody that's it like Mayweather's not it, it, to him it's, it's just dog yeah. I don't care it's just dog but it's it's not it's, it's the smaller influencers who then want to be a fighter who, mm. who are trying to kick each other in press conferences who have mm. never had a fight in their life They've gone through the whole school parade. They've probably been like wrapped in bubble wrap their whole life. And then they're getting in the boxing yeah, ring in front yeah. of 20, 
thousand people or whatever, whatever, like whatever they're doing, and you think young kids are looking at that, thinking that's how a boxer is. Like, yeah, boxer's yeah, not yeah. like that. No, no. Boxer is somebody who dedicates their whole life to something. Not like, so. Brad was the Brad Wheeler was the first oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, podcast I I've got on. They released the same day I've seen this one, but Cage Fire, unbelievably tough mentality, yeah. chin, everything. Like mm. he's got everything. Mm. Come for a hard life, brought up in, in Romford, like he weren't brought up in Las Vegas or anything like that. He's come for it hard. Yeah. Unbelievable boxer. Another mate of mine, George Hennon, is going to be on, on the podcast at a later date. Again, he is a scaffolder during the day, boxer at night. Like, that's dedication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These influencers make videos. What well, I don't even find funny. Practice my age. Oh, I don't right, find right. funny. But they make videos. People seem to like them. And then they get in the boxing ring, make X amount of money, and they get talked about more than what my mate Brad Weirdy will get talked about. I know it's his first boxing match, but he, more than what he gets talked about in his cage fight. It's a European and British title, uh, cage fight, right? More than what George Hennon will get talked about, yeah, who's, yeah, yeah. who's had seven or eight uh, uh, boxing matches now. Good boxers, yeah. and they're nobodies, yeah. and, and that's what annoys me. Jake I think, Paul, like, brilliant. Everybody yeah, else yeah. who comes along with it, not so good. I agree, like, but I think what what Jake's doing for the sport is really good. Like, he set up an academy. He's mm. trying to increase pay. He's calling out, you know, Dana White, saying, pay these guys some yeah. proper bloody money. Oh, yeah, I agree with all of that. Because they're not getting paid. And I think that add-on to what he's doing is is great. Yeah? yeah. Everyone else following shouldn't, they shouldn't be in the ring, they shouldn't box, you know. Having the exhibition matches, you're not going to touch Floyd, yeah, but Floyd's going to make a lot of money out of you. Floyd hasn't paid Logan, you know, like... Is that, do you, do you 100% not reckon he has? I know, he, like... You know? Yeah, I know he... He paid... They split the... Uh, door sales ticket, the pay, uh, pay-per-view, yeah? Yeah. But he, because Floyd's clever made side hustle deals using right. Logan's name yeah. it wasn't agreed upon right. but Logan's like if you're using my name a bit like so that's a bit like in the paid. world of being a gangster yeah, you yeah. can't use someone's name yeah. without paying that so that's where without a tax yeah. so that's where he um, he hasn't he hasn't paid but look I've boxed a little bit you know for many years and anyone who boxes the reason I don't really even like sparring too much and um, from working the doors is it can be one unlucky hit yeah then mm. you've killed someone mm. or they're in a coma mm. you bank that that lesson you know he was a great fighter him versus Ben was an incredible trilogy or however many fights that two yeah amazing but he suffered so badly from putting that guy in the hospital yeah it's only going to take an influence to get it in a unfortunately it's probably going to take an influence to get into a ring Mm. and end up in a coma I I think it's just one and I I, this is just off the top of my head now I'm talking about this now I think for influencers to get a boxing license, because because they're they're all getting boxing licenses, and to get a boxing license you have to spar, show that you can spar, right? Yeah. Anyone can anyone can hit a bag. Anyone can hit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Anyone yeah. can jump in the ring and spar with somebody who's a similar level of them. Yeah. I think for them to get a boxing license, there needs to be they need to have a proper spar with a proper fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like someone who's, who's going to go hard on them, if they can hold their own, you get a box yeah, from my yeah. Because it's, it's getting silly now. Like, my um, my coach, uh, he had boxed for ages, but like he never wanted to be a pro or anything else, but he was incredible. Like Some of the techniques he had were like you've pretty much never seen before. Yeah. And the gym that he would fight at, and I fought all over the place, 
an MMA fighter who's about to have a big fight would say, look, do you mind if I spar against you? Mm. Yeah. For practice. Yeah? yeah. And he'd say, yeah, okay, like, let, let him in the ring. And the guy would look really great on the bags, yeah? And he'd, he'd throw, yeah, mm. a punch out, yeah? Leave it there. And the guy walked straight into it, yeah. yeah? Because they're used to the one, two, three, yeah? Yeah. They're used to certain formulas. Yeah. Oh, oh. Hold up. Should I lock her in the No, no, she's room? all right. She just caught up in the mic. I can lock her in. No, no, she's all right. Go on, you're right. Oh, let me feed her and then I'll lock her. Right. I'll get her away. Let's pause her. So, yeah, um, just like you were saying, you know, my old coach would be invited in to spar against an MMA guy who was about to go into a fight he'd do something unusual like just hold his fist out the guy would walk into it mm. and he'd be like sorry I can't I can't spar him he's he's not good enough yeah. you know I can body spar yeah. and they would all think my coach is, is being a dick but he wasn't he was just it's years of experience and knowing yeah and some of the MMA guys, you know, would a jack of all trades or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, but like, Jake is, yeah, he can box, but he puts a lot of work in behind the scenes. Yeah, works hard. You can tell he works And hard. he always has. Him and Logan, what they've done is ridiculous. I, I met Jake mm. in. Uh, Lisbon yeah. so again another weird story out of the blue <laughs> I don't even know how out of the blue I don't think I was making any money out of it at the time a friend of a friend said I can't do a job can you do it for me I said what is it and he said can you go over to Lisbon represent this shake yeah um, and he wants to spend 50 mil yeah on x amount of companies but he needs a list of 10 mm. right so he flew me over i had to represent him his office was in trump towers in new york and saudi right i actually just had a really good time i didn't really do any of the work that i should have done <laughs> made up a list he actually did end up choosing a company and I did end up doing the deal for him. <laughs> in the end. Yeah. Uh, but that's another story. But Jake Paul was um, one of the speakers. Now, I didn't know Jake Paul at all, right? Mm. Was I was this? just, this was maybe 20. 2015, 16, 17. Yeah. It was, he was big on Vine, I think. Yeah. I don't know what Vine is, but I know uh, Elon's bringing it back. Well, he wants it, yeah. 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 And I know they all lived. Mm. So Jake, Logan, and the eight biggest guys all lived on, in the same house in Hollywood mm. on, unbelievably, Vine Street. Mm. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is yeah, and again the universal whatever it is. Yeah. So he did a Q and A at the end, and someone said to him, "What do you, what do you hate, Jake, about like what frustrates you the most? You know, being um, such a recognisable face and person, um, you know, mm. on social media." And he said, "Well, the thing is, because I share my life with everyone." everyone thinks they know me so they think I'm their friend so they'll walk up to me and be like you know do you want to go out for a beer do you want to go out for coffee like how are you how so and so doing you know mm. and I, I thought that's actually quite hilarious so I listened to the speech and then as soon as he came off stage I walked backstage just bag my way hard. Well, because I was representing a very powerful shake, I had access to everywhere. Yeah. Walk backstage, and I said, "Jake, do you fancy going for a bit?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which he laughed at. Yeah. <laughs> Found it funny, and he came over and um, 
said, so what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm representing a shake, but actually my business is I, I, I make film. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, would you be interested in being in a movie? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I love it. Because a lot of these people are massive, right? Even Mr. Beast, you know, they're massive on YouTube and everywhere else, right? right? But when Mr. Beast's Beast was on Andrew Schultz's podcast, he said, he's the most famous person you've got in your phone book. Yeah? And he went, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm -hmm. right? I met Leo three or four times. I've poured shots down his neck, right? Like, and I'm not even Mr. Beast, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so these YouTubers, they might, they'll queue to go to half the clubs and bars in London mm. that I'll walk straight in. Yeah. Because it's a different generation, right? Yeah. So I said to Jake, do you fancy being in a film, blah, blah, blah. He was like, yeah. He still hasn't been in a film. Mm. McGregor's yeah. been in his first film now. Is he? He's, uh, yeah, he, it's being filmed at the moment, which is why he's not fighting. And then he's going to go back to, to yeah. fighting. And Jake went, do you know what? He went, I went to film studios and this was pre-Netflix and I pitched a movie to them. And the movie was that there was an event taking place the other side of the world you know, for social media influencers and they all got on a plane and you're told not to use your phone on a plane at the time, now you can. And they couldn't not be on their phones because mm. they're all addicted to it. And because they're all on their phones, it messed up with the plane's electronics and the plane crashed and then it turned into a bit of a loss. Yeah? Yeah. And they pitched this idea to a studio and the studio went, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great, but um, we're not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Typical Hollywood thing. And Jake went, but hold on a minute because what I'll do is I'll put... 10 of my influences in it yeah. and that reach is going to be they've all got 50 to uh, they've all got 20 to 80 million followers each mm. who will all watch the movie Yeah, and straight away the studio was like oh yeah we'll do the movie <laughs> it never actually got made yeah. but it was, it's how the world has changed mm. so much. You know, I never heard of this guy who you have, Mr. Beast, mm. right? Netflix's biggest show was Squid Game, mm. that we all know. But we, ne we never know because Netflix don't actually reveal to you ever yeah. how many people will see it. Yeah. So, Mr. Beast, had never seen Squid Game, mm. watched it, made it himself, mm. and got more viewers watching his version of Squid Game than Netflix. In fact, he had more people watch, he had 200 million views, and Netflix has 220 million subscribers. Jeez. In total. So the power dynamic. So I I only ever heard of Mr. Beast because we've got a um got Sorry, this cat just <laughs> alright. Um to be fair, you like Marlon Barando in the Godfather earlier. Yeah. Shark of the cat. <laughs> um Either that or Austin Powers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not an enemy, so it's not Austin Powers. <laughs> you definitely not. Um no, like, no I have heard that nickname. <laughs> So, so the fir first time I heard of um, Mr. Bain was we've got an apprentice in the office, Harry. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to say Harry because he, he would love his name being in this. <laughs> oh, Hazard. Hazard, yeah. 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 Big H. Yeah. But um, so he was like, Have you seen Mr. Bain's uh, Squid, Squid Games? I was like, I've never watched Squid Games, I don't know who Mr. Bain is. He was like, This guy has made his own script games. I was like, yeah. right. So he showed me, I was like, that's incredible. I was like, what's he doing? He's like, no, it's just an influence. I was like, he's made his own, like, it, like incredible thing, just yeah. being a YouTube influence. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's all he's done. I was like, 
the reach and the power you get from YouTube, like being the influencer on YouTube now, is is. But the thing is, we've missed we've missed the base. I, I watched yeah. a, a interview with him, and he sat in his room mm. watching the best YouTube videos for for a year, seeing what they've done right, yeah, 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 what they've yeah, done yeah, wrong, yeah. and. And again, people would be like, well, how's he made this? So he's just lucky. But he, he got the formula right. Like yeah, he, yeah, he watched yeah, everyone yeah. who done it right, everyone who done it wrong. Yeah. He made his videos right. No, I don't know the formula. No one knows the formula. He knows the formula, but no one yeah, knows yeah, he knows But he it. done that every day for a year, just watching videos. Yeah. And then, well, now look here. He's, he's probably one, one of the biggest YouTubers. He's been offered a billion... Yeah, mm. before his YouTube channel buyout, yeah, mm. and he's turned it down because it's not enough. And he said, "I mean, the money he makes." He said he used to make a thousand pound a week. Then it was ten thousand. Then it was a hundred thousand, mm. and he spends it. Yeah. yeah, puts it back in his videos, though, doesn't it? He puts it back in his videos, mm. or he gives it away. Mm. Yeah and he supports a lot of charities and he said you know if he was given a billion he'd hand it out yeah he said he'd run for president yeah and he'd hand a billion out to the american people <laughs> and he'd probably get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> with his following with yeah. the younger generation because the younger generation don't vote no. right but he yeah, he studied and studied and studied that. He's obsessed with retention and all this stuff. Like, I can't even understand. But the kids nowadays can. Mm. You know, he was saying, if you stand up and you go to toilet, yeah, mm. you're going to lose retention. You know, if you break the video mm. like that, you'll lose retention. If you swear... Or you say, you know, mm. things that, uh, that we will find funny, slightly on the edge, yeah. you'll lose yeah. retention because this is going out globally. So he's very, yeah, he's very smart with what, with what he talks about. Yeah. I don't think, he's not an Elon Musk, man. No, no. He hasn't created anything no. brilliant, right? In my eyes, but he just appeals to a generation that I'll never understand. Yeah. And this generation, you know, I don't have kids, so I can't really comment on it. No one says they want to be a banker. No one says, like, they all say influencer, like, they want to make houses in the metaverse. We used to want to build houses and be probably developers. Yeah. Find a corner between two houses and put a house there or knock one down and build two. Yeah. Right? And make a hundred grand or whatever. For them, they can make that so easily. Yeah. I mean, shit, you got the OnlyFans girls, yeah, apparently. Um, <laughs> making... <laughs> Shit. Yeah. A hundred grand, thirty to a hundred grand a month. Mm. One apparently says they're making thirty million a month. A month I don't, or, or I don't, a year. A month. I don't believe that. That was on another podcast. Yeah, but they make like global reach is so huge mm. that we don't understand it now. No. Well, we don't. I mean, I, I mean, I'm. I'm 13, I'm off white, look. But there's going to be a crash, and how, like, how much money do you, do you need? That's why it's Right? Question, but these, the, again, these people will make this money, mm. not a Jake Paul, but a lot of them, you know. Even Jake, he hasn't been in a film, he won't be cast. Brad Pitt, George Clooney, you know, they'll be snapped up in a second. These people will still, they'll still be queuing. They've yeah. got respect outside of their yeah. online arena. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm struggling to. I think you diversify both, man. Like, have your bricks and mortar businesses, and then online. have an online business. But maybe like have an academy mm. that supports kids. Yeah. To 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 do it. Yeah. You know. So obviously you've you've got to go soon. So let's mm-hmm. let's wrap this up. But what what would you what advice would you give somebody trying to make it today? Um. Just believe in yourself, right? So do what you want to do. Don't listen. To, to anyone else, right? Mm. You gotta have big balls. Yeah, you do. Because everyone will tell you your idea will fail. Mm. You'll spend forever redoing it, redoing it, redoing it. It will never be perfect. Just get your dick out and let someone measure it. Yeah, <laughs> like get your idea out there yeah. and do it. Yeah, and that's it. Mm. Get your idea out there and do it. If it fails, do another one. Mm. But the majority of people spend so long procrastinating over trying to get something perfect. Yeah, they never do it. And the Mm. reason is their fear of rejection. Mm. It's easier to hide behind it's not perfect than it is to put something out there and people hate it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Put it out there, fail, learn from your failure, redo it. That's good advice. That's what I've 